What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Devin the Bear here with a camera video, as you can see. So everybody out there that gave a shit about that, please tune in and watch. Watch our video. Listen to our podcast. We would highly appreciate that. We're being innovative now. It's 2022, like I've been told nonstop. Right, Zach? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm pretty over being told. You know, if you guys had video, uh, people would probably, be, probably listen because I didn't realize that you uh, listened with your eyes. Yeah. My so, bad. Here we are to, uh, apparently everybody just uh, knows how to read lips, so that's what we're going to be doing today. We're not even going to include audio in this, right? But yeah, so let's get right back into things. Um, so this past weekend, uh, there was a lot of things happening in MMA. Uh, specifically here, just to really talk about the UFC fight card that happened, Jamal Walker versus Jamal Hill versus Johnny Walker. We're getting there. I'm nervous because I'm on camera, you know? But uh, And also, there was a BKFC event to look out for. There were some UFC uh, veterans that had fought on that card. But let's mainly get into this card real quick with uh, Jamal Hill and Johnny Walker. A lot of great fights happened on that card. It yeah. was definitely a sleeper card like we talk about with this, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of times these uh, free fights, the fight nights or the fight in Vegas, whatever they're calling them. Yeah. I think a lot of time they're filled with a lot of fighters who are up and coming but just right. don't have the attention yet. Right. So what you end up getting is fighters like Jessica Rose Clark for one. Mm-hmm. Um she lost this fight, you know, unfortunately, but we'll get there. But if she was at a point where she doesn't have a huge following, but everyone likes watching her fight. Right. She's very entertaining to watch. Um, it just didn't work out for her. Yeah. And so one of the things that uh, we had talked about, I know that um, I had started watching the card a couple fights in. And whenever I turn on this, uh, the fights, the card I tuned tune into was uh, Chad uh, Anneliger defeating uh, Jesse Strider by third round TKO. But I caught the two rounds previous to that. And the fact that these guys didn't get the $50,000 bonus is ridiculous. These guys went at it. They fought with a purpose. They fought and they went in there and threw down, left it all in there. Um, he would say, you know, Analyger just ended up getting a uh, nice right hand uh, to the top, yeah. right to the face, and ended up getting the finish in that fight. But still, it's like those guys, I mean, it was one and one going into the third. And it was just about who wanted that one more, who wanted to actually prove a point with that and solidify that, hey, no, I'm the better fighter in this go about. But. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like those guys should have really got that uh, fight night bonus, and I'm pretty disappointed that they didn't. Who did? Uh, nobody. Sure. Nobody. Yeah, there was no bonus given out for it. Sick. Yeah, and so um, this comes back to the whole thing. It's like, oh, if you want to get paid more, you got to fight like you want to get paid more. And these guys fought like they wanted to get paid more, and they didn't. And, did Jim Miller not get a bonus? Uh, let me double check for you real quick. So that was my favorite uh, part of the night, and I guess we can go ahead and start. He didn't. On that, he didn't. Oh, oh so yeah. uh, a couple. one person I did want to mention real quick before we get into the main card is Chad Skelly getting a great TKO win. Retiring. Yep. So yeah. So it was... Uh, really good win yeah pretty pretty vicious with the punches but uh yeah he did retire uh he's working on a roofing business really uh and he was talking about like oh i'm doing roofing so anyone if in the philly area or wherever if y'all need roofs let me know and then uh paul felder was like hey man i might hit you up soon i actually need some work done look at that let's do it there we go i already got a second job going and so uh, hopefully he'll be just enjoying his retirement. His uh, roofing successful business is successful as, and he's still singing Tenacious D at karaoke bars around yeah. Texas. So, yeah, so good to luck it. to Chad Skelly and everything he's doing because I'm, I'm, I've been a fan of him since his debut in the UFC. He, he is a fantastic fighter. He's always really fun to watch. Um, so, like, but yeah. So Jim Miller, yeah, freaking dude's thirty eight years old, yeah, and he's got two 
vicious knockouts in a row. Um, this time, both times actually were on like young up and comers. Yeah. They're supposed to be the new big thing. And uh, this one was a guy from the Dana White Contender series. It was um, blanking on his name, Mata, and Nicholas Mata. Nicholas Mata. Yeah. And uh, it was a pretty good fight. It was actually a really good fight because uh, Mata was bringing it to Jim Miller, and I think they were pretty good exchanges. But I think Mata was getting the better of them each time. Uh, but eventually, what you had was Jim Miller just jumping in with his hook and it's uh he even says in the post fight interview it's not a fight it's not a punch that was there the whole time mm-hmm. it was just something that he threw out there because he, he was like I, I knew it could land um so i threw it out there and it did land and it put him down yeah i mean dude the way he leaps into that he put everything into that hook he was not playing any games jim miller came to fight and prove a point and it's just like to prove that he is the most active ufc fighter still on the roster you know, he's uh, breaking records. You he's know. now tied with Donald Cerrone for most UFC victories. Yeah, he's tied with Donald Cerrone. He has a, what, he's a, that was his 39th UFC fight. And so he's just constantly still going and doing this. I mean, we've seen that guy fight everybody. He's fought Donald Cerrone. He's fought Frankie Edgar, Clay Guida, Charles Oliveira. has a win over Charles Oliveira, if yeah. you didn't know that. Tapped him out. Yeah. With the what Tapped was it, a calf slicer? Charles Oliveira. Yep, one of my yeah. favorite submissions. Yeah. And just like the way it was absolutely insane. This is whenever Charles Oliveira was just getting into the UFC. There was a lot of hype on him as well. And then puts that calf slicer on him out of nowhere. I mean, just like yeah. the way that's the thing about the calf slicer is you don't ever expect it. It just happens, you know? And it's not a fun submission to be in either. So, yeah, it hurts calf so much. Slicer. Avoid him at all costs. Um, But yeah, so we can go ahead and jump into the main event uh, and talk Jamal Hill's KO on Johnny Walker. Uh, I'm a huge Johnny Walker fan. Uh, It's losing traction with me, (laughs) unfortunately. I'm a fan of the guy, but as far as his fighting, I had a lot of hopes in him and what he could do with his career. Um, But I think what we saw Jamal Hill do to Johnny Walker is exactly what we've seen a lot of fighters do. Um, Corey Anderson did it yeah and it's what it is is just staying focused and tight with your boxing it happened to him on the regional circuit as well yeah yeah i mean i can't remember who he fought but they he was being goofy and then he caught and he's kind of flailing all over the place yeah and that's that's what happened was he he threw a jab and as soon as he gets that jab extended he starts throwing his right hand and it's like no 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 no, man you got to be a little bit tighter and crisp than that uh, and especially against someone who has hands like Jamal Hill, I know you were big on Jamal Hill's hands, and right, yeah, you know that paid off. One of my favorite Jamal Hill moments that didn't happen in the in the ring, uh, but actually was outside was him and Paul Craig were set to fight, and uh, they got in each other's face. They're doing autographs on posters, and um, Paul Craig walks into him and says, "You got some nasty ass breath there, mate." And uh, Jamal Hill's like, "Yeah, I got some nasty ass hands too." And it just was funny as shit just to hear him kind of reverse the shit talk a little bit. And uh, come up with something kind of clever, but um, it's one of the things with Jamal Hill is like he's up and coming. He has a great string of knockouts as well. I mean, yeah. you look at that guy Tyler Rowe, He sleeps people. He's got hands, and he moves so well for being two hundred five. He's big. He's long. Um, and so whenever I was watching, saw this fight got made, I saw somebody getting knocked out. I didn't see this fight going to decision. I I don't see either of these guys fighting to decision anytime they fight. That's why I was surprised when Johnny Walker went to decision with Tiago Santos, but. Jamal Hill, man, he's got hands for days. Like, he doesn't play any games. When you go in there, he'll outbox you quick. If you are going there in any type of sloppy, we saw against Jamie Crute, and we saw it with, um, to you know, last night with 
Johnny Walker is that whenever they went face to face and Johnny and Johnny Walker threw threw a left hand right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he, he threw he throws out that jab he, and like I said, he ex- fully extends the jab yeah. and then is already throwing his right hand. Yeah. And Jamal Hill had all the confidence in the world to put it into that right hand, and that's yeah. exactly what he did. Landed right on the temple, and you see just the way that Johnny Walker kind of goes forward, but then realizes that my legs and my brain aren't doing the same thing. You know, like he's just completely was detached from reality at that second. Fell back. And um, you pointed this out to me when we were kind of watching it over again today was it wasn't a follow-up punch that knocked him out. It was that shoulder right to the face that just stiffed him out. When you watch it, so he lands that punch, the right hand that puts Johnny Walker on the ground, and then he's going in, and he's like falling with these punches. So he he misses a left, and he comes in, and has a follow-up punch that lands right on the chin. Yeah. But then he's like falling with it, so his shoulder and all of his body weight just smashes in. To Johnny Walker's face, um, absolutely, and I guarantee you that's how Johnny Walker got that huge cut. Oh, on yeah, his face. yeah, because you see, um, it was the same exact side yeah. there where he fell into it. Yeah, it, it was pretty rough, and that's what knocked him out cold. Was him just putting his body weight into yeah. him? It was very Kamaru Usman esque. Uh, yeah. Whenever he knocked out Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, and so uh, with that, man, I mean, you know, with Jamal Hill, hopefully we see him climbing more. I think a fight with him and Ryan Spawn would be really fun. You know, Ryan Spawn needs a win. Jamal Hill's coming off of a big knockout. And so I feel like yeah. that fight might make a little bit of sense. Um, It'd be fun. I feel like I feel like Jamal Hill could have a bigger opponent. Right. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice also to see him kind of get a little bit of a push as well to start because yeah. he's number twelve now in the division. I think he might he, be moving what up. What is Spawn? Um, I'm checking right now. Let me look pop up the UFC rankings. But I mean, it would be kind of nice to see just a little bit more of a push with these guys because the thing about the light heavyweight division is a lot like the heavyweight division is these older guys are taking over and these younger guys that are coming in aren't doing as well you know well it's not that they're doing it not doing as well it's just like they really can't compete with this you know there's grown man strength that comes along with this fighting experience and the being a veteran of the sport you know like whenever we saw ryan spawn fight anthony smith anthony smith went out there and put it on him you know and so it's just going to be something that we're going to just have to look out for we good <clears throat> and so to, really kept talking no that. no you're good i just figured you're we gonna edit it out that's why i just like so um so actually ryan spawn is actually ranked below him so if i probably won't below make that, as in below below jamal hill like jamal in, hill's like, 12 and spawn is 13 okay okay yeah okay. and so yeah that's that's what i was saying is i i, I thought he i think he could get a bigger opponent um volcano is the mirror is still higher up. Yeah, he's number eight. He's top ten. Yeah, still top ten. When was the last time he won a fight? That's a good question. Um, probably well, before his title fight with Daniel Cormier, I would say that was the last time that he that won a fight. That statement itself is dated. Yeah, it very dated. I mean, this is. I mean, how is Vulcans? And that just proves your point. Honestly, yeah. uh, the fact that Vulcan Oz- Ozdemir oh. is still in the top ten. I'm being an asshole. Last person to be was Alexander Rakic. Rakic. Oh, yeah, back well, in twenty nine. Back in twenty nineteen. Was that by decision? By split decision. Yeah, that yeah. is the reason we forgot that fight. Sorry, Vulcan. Respect. Apologies. My apologies. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's our take on Jamal Hill and Johnny Walker. I uh, hope Johnny Walker gets stuff, some stuff figured out. Yeah, he um, needs. He has a lot to figure out because if he's not cut after this, and I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, what's that loser leaves town kind of match? Like, yeah, you know, I like good old that. fashioned wrestling style. Like, uh, let's say, I mean, Chelsea Sonnen actually had one of those fights before in the UFC. 
uh, I forgot who he was fighting, but he had a um, a loser leaves town style match with somebody, and he lost. And then he went off to a different organization, and he came back to the UFC. So, um, yeah. So onto that, I mean, uh, a couple. I also did want to touch up on the BKFC event, the bare knuckle. Uh, what was that called? Knuckle Mania. Yeah. Knucklemania Two was the event that they had last night. Um, yeah, I have, I, I'm kind of with it at the same time. I, like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, let's, let's bring back the uh, the '90s WWF style stuff. Yeah. And, and the promos, and I am not a fan of the schmo, but they work with the schmo sometimes. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, you make it fun, yeah. make it an event because it sometimes it kind of takes away from it being a serious sport. And it's like this is fighting versus hey, this is just a fucking circus at the same time. Yeah, it, but it's not also, like no Triller Fight Club type circus, yeah. you know. And, and it's also a lot of these fighters are just they're fighters because their personalities stand out. Yeah, uh, they aren't you know businessmen. They're not professional athletes in the sense of they have to go out there with this very specific code of conduct. Yeah. They're just going to go be who they are. When you have Mike Perry and Julian Lane headline a card and it, do dude. promo events, you yeah. better expect something wild. Yeah. And you, I found out also uh, what's it called. Julian Lane is half black. I had no clue because he was calling out Mike Perry for the uh, use, yeah. use of the word. And um, I thought that was funny. And then, um, I had no clue about that, and then Julian Lane was like, "You know that?" Uh, he's like, "You know, you know, I got people outside right rope you, whoop your ass for saying that shit." And then he's like, and he says, oh, "He's like, I bet you didn't know I was black." And then there's a black security guard holding him back, and he, the security guard's trying not to laugh at the whole situation. <laughs> and I'm like, "God, man!" But besides the point, besides the press conference, the event um, was one hell of an event. If you're a Chad Mendes fan, um, that guy uh, came out there and put out his opponent in the fourth round. And did it in devastating style. I mean, I always enjoy watching Chad Mendes fight. Is he is not a boring wrestler like he used to be. I mean, he's evolved into a true mixed martial arts before he fully left the sport. Um, his boxing is as pure as it can get. And he picked up the win, uh, win by TKO in the fourth round. And uh, that doesn't go unnoticed though. That dude is juiced to the fucking gills. Like good, yeah. you said the word pure, and I was like, I wonder. Yeah. How pure he is, though. Yeah, not pure at all. Uh, about as pure as a priest in a Boy Scout convention, you know? Yeah. True. <laughs> Poorly timed jokes. Keep them coming, right? And so, uh, but besides the point, it's, uh, yeah, no, nah, that dude is on some shit. There's no fucking way, bro. There's, it's not the elk meat. I'm telling you right now. Oh, no. Yeah. He bro, is, I eat elk meat and smoke DMT and go hunting with your rogue. Yeah. Do you know he hunts a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't sure if you knew that about him, but yeah. They've gone on a trip together. That's pretty cool, actually. Um, but uh, Chad Mendez, actually, this is why I wanted to bring that up, though, is he had talked about how he still had three fights on his contract with the UFC. And uh, Dana White allowed him to go and fight in the BKFC. And uh, he said that he kind of wants to fight out his contract with. Um, with the UFC still, but he's like, I don't know. He's like, but if I go back, I want to be able to negotiate more money because I got paid 600,000 BKFC. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, so your boss let you be the independent contractor. You have this chance to do something that nobody else has done, fight for another organization while still being under contract. And then you're going to go and pretty much spit in their face and say, they should give you more money. You that know? is looking at gift horse in the mouth. Uh, yeah. Because the UFC is so strict about, uh, what you can do while you're under contract with them. Fighting under an organization does not fall into that category yeah. of what things you can do. So Chad Mendez is very lucky to that Dana White let him go do that. I'm actually really curious as to why. Yeah. Um, because you have so many guys that 
have garnered the respect and deserve the chance to go fight somewhere else. Uh, and I'm particularly talking about Francis Ngannou boxing Tyson Fury. That should have happened. We're not going to get that. Um, well, we might now. But yeah. um, I, I don't understand why that's not okay. It's unacceptable. Yeah. But Chad Mendez going and doing the BKFC. I guess because the card's that BKFC puts on are loaded with UFC veterans. Yeah. I also, my thing was about it is like, man, like they let you do it. Didn't give you any problems. You know, they didn't try to sue you like how they try to sue everybody else. And then you're going to say, I'm not going to go back and listen for more money. If you try to go renegotiate, they're not going to let you do it again. Yeah. You're just going to mess with them and they're not going to like that. They're going to say, well, we let you go out and make more money. And then now you're just going to go complaining about it. Cool. Yeah. No, that doesn't work that way, man. I don't know. I didn't like that. I thought it was in poor taste. Um, but also the UFC does a lot of things in poor taste as well. So, um, and that's that's a fact, you know. So, but the main event was Mike Perry defeating uh, Julian Lane in like a hard nosed fight. Those guys went at it, you know. Um, he let Julian Lane bang, you know. Oh, okay. So yeah, I had to bring it up. Dude. Bang, bro. Yeah, I do let you bang. <laughs> that's goddamn it, dude. And they uh, they threw down though. They threw down for five rounds. I mean, you saw Mike Perry do an interview after the fight, and his face was swelled up. I understand it's a lot of bare knuckle onto the face. It's gonna swell up a lot more. But man, it's fights like that. It's like you realize how brutal of a sport this is. You yeah. know, it's like dude, like he's just his sound. Like he like had like he, he was he sounded like the Godfather. He sounded like Sean Connery in the Godfather. Like he had cotton stuffed in his mouth, just oh, like Marlon Brando. Yeah, like Marlon Brando. I don't want to say Sean. Connery. This is this is yeah um, yeah no <laughs> BKFC yeah. Uh, definitely puts on great fights uh, yeah. they have great matchups and the sport itself is pretty great I've had a pretty good time watching Julian Lane in BKFC and I Eight never fights, thought I would dude. say that yeah he's very fun to watch um, I guess if you let a guy hang out in the locker room <laughs> and then come back out a little bit more swole than he was before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, They're drinking the secret juice over there, man. Yeah, they got Mike's secret stuff in the locker room. I would love uh, to see him come back and get a win and then uh, have, like, Mike Perry keep winning and then him lose and then just realign for another fight with them too because it's so fun watching the build up to that you know what i wish they would do is let uh i wish chris lieben didn't retire and he fought julian lane chris lieben yeah and julian lane you know how fun of a fight that would be chris chris lieben was undefeated in uh bkfc i want to say they're not in the same weight class are they uh yeah 185 when lieben fought in the bkfc was he 185 Mm mm-hmm Okay. Yeah. He's in uh Chris Lieben is in the hospital right now with COVID. Actually really? he might have been discharged uh okay. yesterday. Yeah. But he was hospitalized for a while. Um yeah, he's doing all right though. Yeah, that's good though. He's doing better. That's I'm a big fan of that guy. So if you uh, don't know who Chris Lieben is, please go look him up. He is was one of the like the original the cat hard smasher. The cat smasher. The cat he's, smasher. He's like, uh somebody that Zach actually keeps up with, Bobby Southworth is was on the same Ultimate season, uh, original season of the Ultimate Fighter with Chris Lieben, and also check out Bobby Southworth. Uh, he, he he's working uh, as a doing some jujitsu um, in his gym. He's had some issues here and there with a UFC gym. Um, the facility had to close down, but he's he's coaching out of a jujitsu gym. He's trying to get his own gym up and running. 
and I, I really hope he does it because yeah. he's a cool dude. Um, he was doing. He was a. He was a MMA fighter before being an MMA fighter was cool. Like whenever, yeah. like there was Chuck and Tito and all of them. Like Bobby was doing this stuff on the regional scene, just like Chris Lieben was. Uh, Bobby Southworth is also the first ever Strike Force Light Heavyweight Champion. So there's definitely some history that's happened while he was around fighting. So that's why I think it's definitely worth looking into, just as much as Chris Lieben. I mean, that, that guy, dude, has fought like anybody and everybody. He's fought Anderson Silva, Uriah Hall, Vanderlei Silva, Brian Stan, um, Michael Bisbing. He fought Michael Bisbing in the first ever UK card they had. Yush, um, not Yushinokami, uh, Sexyama. Sexyama. He fought this se- fight with Sexyama. Took that fight on two weeks no- notice. I think they ended up winning fight of the year that year. Yeah, yeah absolutely insane. So... Um, you do you want to get it? Well, I know there's next week's card as right. well. Oh, uh, there, there was a Bellator card, but yeah, that's about it. I don't have anything to look into it, to be honest with you. I don't have it either. It's okay. It don't matter. We'll edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, next week's card is a good card from what I remember. It is um, I'll get there. Is uh, Bobby Green stepping in last minute? Makashev. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes, I actually am very excited for that. I yeah. think Bobby Green's gonna feel fine. Yeah, I think so too. He uh, didn't take a lot of damage in that he fight. Didn't take a lot of damage. Uh, he might be sore. Yeah. But. Um, I think that's the upside of taking this fight at uh, 160 yeah. as well. He's not gonna have to cut as much, and he's a pretty lean guy. I don't think he's ever had an issue making weight. Him and Makashev, that's going to be very interesting because you know Makashev's going to back him down. Yeah, he's going to want. That's how Bobby, Bobby Green fights. Yeah. My thing is the level change. Yeah. How is Bobby Green going to handle the level changes of Makashev? Because when Islam Makashev is so good at disguising his level changes because he knows exactly how to get you worried about his hands. So once he gets you worried about his hands, he goes for that level change at the perfect time. He disguises it so well. Um, Bobby Green, as a counter striker, uses his hands. I would love to see him start using some knees. Yeah. Uh, because when when guys shoot in on him, they're either holding him up against the cage. Bobby Green does have great takedown defense, but against someone like Islam Makashev, that's going to be very hard to do uh, for freaking 25 minutes. That's going to be real hard to do. And that's the thing about with uh, Islam Makashev. He trains with these guys. Like, uh, you know, he trains with all these Dagestani guys. They don't get tired. They will, if you they, if they shoot 21 times and you stuff 20 of them, they're still going to go for, you know... And you sh- you stuff it twenty one times. They're gonna shoot for a twenty second. They will not stop until they get you where they want you to be. And Bobby Green has good wrestling as well. It's not, uh, but he has good defense when it comes to that aspect. But there's levels to wrestling, and then there's the sambo. And something about the sambo, dude, is absolutely insane to watch. Uh, we've seen it before. Um, but that being said, I want Bobby Green to go out and get this win because I would like to see him get close to a title because, I mean, he's a great fighter. I've been a, a fan of his for a while. I think the only time I went against him was when he fought Dustin Poirier. But, I mean, this is something that I've always watched that dude fight. And for him to step in last minute and say, I'll take that fight on two weeks' notice. I mean, we saw Bobby Green almost went undefeated in 2020 taking these last-minute fights. He was very – he's one of the most active fighters that year, you know. And, um, yeah, he had, like, 90 days in between. Yeah. Um, one fight and then 12 yeah in between this one something like that yeah so it's not like he's not used to taking these last minute fights but it's just a thing of being prepared for somebody like islam because now islam he's not going to be able to like whatever his game plan was for Bindal Daryush is probably not going to happen now because he's yeah. fighting a completely different fighter so he's going to go to what he knows best and that is wrestling you know that's grappling well the thing about these Dagestani guys is their game plan is always the same yeah it's always go in there impose your will break them down uh, yeah it's it's always the same so 
I'm sure he did have a game plan that would work more or be more geared towards Benil Dariush, mm-hmm. but I don't think the game plan changes a whole lot against Bobby Green. Yeah. Um, and if I were to choose, I'd actually put my money on Islam. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, my money would be on Islam because Bobby Green is coming off of a, um, a fight and it did go to decision. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, he fights on the, on the back foot and that's kind of a grueling way to fight. You get tired out really fast that way against someone like Makashev, who's going to be making you back up, even if you didn't want to back up. Yeah. I just don't see it working out for Bobby Green unless he gets a knockout. Yeah. Unless he gets that clean counter, like counter left hook or something. Yeah. My money's on Islam. I mean, it's just with Islam, like we see what he does to these guys, and I really don't blame you. I mean, but I always enjoy a good upset. So if you got an extra hundred bucks, put that shit on. Yeah, put that honey on fucking Bobby Green. Yeah, on Bobby Green. What's his nickname? He has a nickname, doesn't he? King. King, yeah. Put, 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 just watched him fight. Right? Um, And so put put that hundred on Bobby Green. Second round knockout. Who who else is on that card? Uh, that's about it. <laughs> I was actually just looking at the card, and there's really nobody that I was like, ah, we'll bring them up. Then I was like, no, it's okay. Well, we'll talk more about that when it happens. For uh, sure. We can go into that. Hopefully, it's a great card. And so I know the next time that you'll be seeing us, it will be the um after the aftermath of this card and leading into the Covington versus Masvidal fight. Yeah. And that's a great. That's yeah, that's a very exciting fight. I can't really wait to get into that one as well. And uh, be on the lookout. We're gonna be having. We're gonna be lining up some guests. Hopefully, coming on real soon. There are some changes happening in my personal life, so our um, our days on recording are gonna change a little bit. But we're gonna do our best to definitely get some more stuff out to y'all as well, and uh, interact with us. Now that we have video and you know who you're gonna be talking to, I mean that'd be really cool to see. So, yeah. Yeah. Before we sign off here, uh, Carlos Nava had his sixth professional boxing fight, and he won. Boxing fight, boxing match. Uh, he won. It was a pretty tough fight. I had talked with him a good bit. Um, congrats, first yeah. off, Carlos. Uh, you look great. Um, it's It was his, probably his toughest opponent, and he had told me it was his toughest opponent. Not that the fight itself was super tough, but uh, this guy took, took it to Carlos, and he was yeah. in his face the whole time. Um, he tried to make it a dirty fight. There were some rabbit punches. There were some headbutts. Yeah. Or at least attempted ones, um, alleged. But uh, for the most part, Carlos was able to keep his cool, and he had an he had one knockdown, I think, in the third round. Um, but it was just a pretty it was a pretty decent fight. Uh, I know that Carlos wants to go in there and get the knockout every time. I know yeah. he does. Uh, so I I assume that he's going to be back in the gym working on it. Uh, but that's six and zero. Oh, that's another big step. Uh, each time he goes in there, it's it's just such a cool experience getting for him to be able to piece everything together and like we, it's cool that we get to be part of yep. that journey as as far as getting to watch it because we're seeing him grow each time and every time he goes in there, it's fun to watch. Yeah, I I do believe it is fun to watch every time as long as his opponent is willing to participate. Yeah, that's what we talked about. They don't it. want the smoke. I understand. I Carlos hits hard. I yeah. wouldn't want to get hit by him either. Um, but you signed the agreement. You went in there. Yeah. You got to do you, it. You got to fight. You got to fight. You know, so 
But yeah, yeah, congrats to Carlos and uh, they had a he had another a couple teammates fight that night. One of them uh, won his fight and is now nine and zero, I believe. It was Kareem. Um, a lot of great things come from there. I know he trained with Brickhouse Boxing Gym that in California. That was pretty good. Yeah, he's doing a lot of work with a lot of really big people. A lot of talent is going on in their gyms. Yeah, impressive stuff. Good but stuff. Yeah, I think that's about it. Yep. Follow us on Instagram, listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, every listening platform you can think of. We will be there. Message us, talk to us about fighting, video games, you name it. We're here, we're here for it. If so, you must critique us, feel free to. That's perfectly do. fine. Yeah. Um, do it through comments. You told me I'm blander than a saltine, though. It's going to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>